Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero with JP Ong on the phone across the region. It's looking like a story of green, which is nice. <laughs> I love it. I love the color green. It reminds me of emeralds and grass. Or Christmas. <laughs> or Christmas. Grass, which I might be able to see on the golf course uh-huh. soon. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, yeah, the, you're, you're right. This is a strong day. In fact, uh, before we get into how well the straight times index is doing today, um, the value turnover is very voracious, I'd say. Uh, it is, we are seeing at this point, and we're just at the halfway point, Clarissa, we have now seen exactly a billion Singapore dollars in total trade changing hands. That's the trading activity that we're seeing on the market today, and everybody rushing in and supporting mar- local equities for the most part. The straight times index has now jumped by more than 2%, or 2,563 points. As of uh, as I speak at the moment, and also very strong gains across many of these uh, many of the blue chips on the lo- on the local benchmark. In fact, uh, we're, we're just just taking a quick uh, stab at things right now, you're seeing um, DBS shares up by 1.7 percent. Singtel also trading two percent higher. And mind you, we're only four days removed from Singtel reporting their worst profit level or lowest profit levels in about 28 years. But nevertheless, Singtel is jumping by two percent. Uh, UOB also in the green today by about two point. 3%, and there's also a lot of optimism out across the rest of the region. Take a look at the Nikkei 225 up by 0.7%. The ASX 200 also seeing similar gains so far today. Shanghai and Shenzhen both looking very strong so far, and the Korean cost be up by about 1.5%. The biggest theme, I think, what's driving a lot of optimism today also, especially here in Singapore, is the, it might it be in part because the phase one uh, the phase one of easing the circuit breaker measures is going to occur tomorrow, actually. A lot of uh, a number of businesses are going to be allowed to reopen. A lot of folks are going to be allowed to um, return to work for the most part. Now, it's not everybody. There are a lot of retail outlets, a lot of F&B outlets, as you know, will remain, uh, will remain closed and only open for takeout or delivery. But there is that promise that perhaps more businesses will be allowed to resume activities before the end of the month if and only if we continue to see a local cases, at least for local infections for uh, COVID-19 here, continue to decline. But there is that promise, that that's, that's tangible promise, of course. Of course, the reopening tomorrow, a bit of a sigh of relief. We're seeing similar moves to keep easing and reopen certain economies across the world. But there's another, there are two other, uh, one more thing I think that uh, that's worth noting so far today is that there was a report actually that Reuters picked up on from the head of the San Raffaele Hospital in Milan, Italy. Now, as we know, the Lombardy region, Italy, was one of the major epicenters for the COVID-19 pandemic and arguably the most hardly hit, uh, the hardest hit one in in all of Europe. He actually says that there are signs they're seeing a new COVID-19 infection in Italy, that the coronavirus is starting to lose its potency and becoming less lethal. Now, this is par for the course for many viruses, especially viruses that that, uh, seem to uh, have high and swift and very severe um, uh, uh, symptoms of lethality also. And we start to see them lose their their potency. In fact, this doctor has said that in reality, the virus clinically no longer exists in Italy. And they've said that based on swab tests, that the viral loads have dropped significantly from these new COVID-19 cases. Now, we have to caution and caveat also that this is one doctor's opinion out in Italy. We have to concur with other experts across the world, including here in Singapore, if this really is the case. And the other question also is, uh, 
do viruses really drop in lethality this quickly also? So we have to caveat also. But, but again, this could also be letting just a little bit of hope for markets that, you know, maybe sooner rather than later, we might actually see the, the, uh, the bite of the, uh, of the COVID-19 pandemic start to loosen, lo- start to reduce in efficacy. But, uh, so, but uh, when you take all of this into account, it's also supporting markets despite all these ongoing geopolitical tensions. And mind you also, we haven't touched on Hong Kong today, which is also trading higher. Um, the, 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 uh, the word on the street out in Hong Kong, at least, is that uh, the, uh, the recent proclamations of U.S. President Donald Trump at its news conference last Friday was uh, very heavy on rhetoric, but, but very light, actually, on, actual, on, on action and detail, which is also one of the reasons why Hong Kong markets on the Hang Seng is trading higher. We're seeing the Hang Seng today is up by about 3.5%. That's a strong jump. They're outperforming everyone else across the region. So you've got these easing, uh, easing worries about what will happen to the city of Hong Kong. We have these reopenings, at least, especially the phase one easing here in Singapore. And also some news that maybe there is a chance that this virus is starting to lose its bite. Um, uh, the disparity of virus is actually starting to weaken. I think it's, it's creating a, a, a pretty optimistic picture for markets. And we're seeing it right now with all these gains across the region. Singapore notwithstanding, with the FCI up by more than 2%. That's, you know, it's, it's all a win-win-win right now, which is nice. Um, as far as the virulency of COVID-19, there, there are mutations out there. And uh, we'll just have to see if Italy is being lucky or that's representative of elsewhere in the world. Absolutely. And I think it's important to stress also that this is one, uh, this is one piece of good news, but we do have to see more evidence of this actually happening. And other epidemiologists from across the world to weigh in on, on, this, on this at the moment. Because uh, as we also know, viruses, they, they could mutate for the better. They could also mutate for the worse. They're more temperamental than a teenager going to puberty. Some might say. <laughs> so again, uh, this is something, take a little bit of optimism from it, but not too much, I, I'd say. And just, and, uh, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, wait for, I, I'd say, I, I, perhaps it's, it's wise to ask epidemiologists, even here in Singapore, to weigh in on whether or not this uh, is a cause for hope and whether this can actually, uh, this is something we can pin more hope on moving forward before we carry on. Well, I'll certainly try to pin down an expert uh, in the next couple of weeks before I go on leave. <laughs> that would be, be interesting. Yeah. All right. Now, you did say over a billion dollars in value turnover. Mm-hmm. And I'm yes. going to assume more gainers than losers. That is correct. There are 270 stocks, REITs, and trusts that are in the green today. There are 140 stocks that are actually taking a step back. But overall, you can see that, uh, that uh, the green team is winning so far today, Clarissa. And Rex International, a member of the green team by the looks of it. Yes, and I'm just going to check in on how their share price is doing so far today. Take a look at that. Rex International once again having another strong day. It's been a while since we've seen Rex International perform with this kind of gusto and this kind of uh, and this kind of uh, uh, you know, strength. But the Rex International shares have soared by more than 18 percent. They're now trading about 18, 18, just a little over 18 Singapore cents apiece. Now, Rex International early this morning affirmed or confirmed that their subsidiary Lime Petroleum has now completed and locked in a farming deal for a 15% stake, that's one five, 15% stake in two Norwegian seed drilling licenses. They are going to hold a 15% interest in the PL937 and PL937B um, licenses in the Norwegian Sea, operated by a firm called INEOS ENP Norge AS. Now, uh, this 
this is interesting because they actually announced this sometime in late March that they were in the process of acquiring these. But as we know, between March and uh, now, um, we did see all of that volatility hit the global markets. We saw West Texas Intermediates fall into negative territory. And we're seeing signs now, though, of oil prices starting to stabilize. Both uh, benchmarks are trading at around the 30 or above the $30 a barrel uh, handle so far. So, so, so if we, if if the worst is is over at least for the commodity space, this will actually bode well for Rex International. But I think it's also important to point out that these two acquisitions from Rex International are coming off of the, late last year when they completed a farming deal for a 30% stake in two other Norwegian sea drilling licenses. So they're taking a very strong interest at least in the Norwegian sea and some of these at uh, some of these uh, oil fields and trying to and doing exploration and drilling work and developmental work there. And Rex International is clearing a very big hurdle. You've got a 15% stake in two drilling licenses, a 30% stake in two other drilling licenses also. And you're seeing Rex International getting a significant boost so far and definitely progress for both the stock and also for their plans out in the Norwegian Sea all the way halfway across the world. It's interesting that you brought up uh, oil prices because there was a lot of dismay over that. Uh, the next contract already has matured. Is that correct? That is correct. And none, none of them really did um, actually fall into negative uh, territory. We are now trading into the, I want to say, the August contract at the moment. And we're going to have to wait until the 20th of uh, of June before the these contract, the WTI contract at least, expires. Um, we are seeing that oil prices today are just, just shuddering a little bit, but the important thing to note is that oil prices are still, bo- both of them, WTI and Brent crude, are still above $35 a barrel so far today. Still, WTI is down by about 0.9%. Brent crude also down by a similar amount. There are questions about whether or not the, the recent uh, OPEC plus, the production cuts, will hold dead given the fact that demand still seems rather tepid in recovering. But OPEC is now, uh, is now pushing to move their, their, uh, their semi-annual meeting up to June 4th. That's going to be this Thursday. And it seems that Russia, which is one of those key OPEC Plus members, um, as part of that production cut, they said that they do not object with the idea of moving it forward. So we could see more action, perhaps even more reforms from the oil industry or, or these, uh, the, the biggest oil producers in the world. So the oil space is going to be very interesting to watch and very important to watch at least for the next couple of days until OPEC meets. And this will concern also the likes of Rex International, for instance, here in the SGX. It's interesting that um, from government and from business and even from the banks, everyone is talking about relooking your business plan, relooking um, at how you're doing things. And the, everyone is being very encouraged to innovate and grow you know, and be ready to be first out of the blocks once we get past this whole COVID-19 situation. That's also what Keppel Flotels looking like they're going to be doing that independent review of their business plan. Yeah, uh, Keppel's also been very uh, busy over the last couple of days. If you recall, Clarissa, just sometime last week, they actually announced a, a new 10-year business plan that's going to focus on four key areas. But the reason they're doing this uh, independent review of Flotel, which is one of their associate businesses, is because of a recent uh, decision by one of Flotel's biggest uh, competitors, ProSafe. So what exactly is what exactly does Flotel and ProSafe do? They actually provide um, semi-submergible vessels that support the oil and gas industry. So you, you look at some of these floating rigs, for instance, out and see they're the ones that actually uh, order and actually operate a number of these huge vessels. Now, the thing is, last week, 
The Slow Cell's major competitor, which is a Norwegian company, ProSafe, has now adopted different assumptions, which resulted in an 810.5 million U.S. dollar impairment to the book value of their vessels, meaning that the value of their vessels is actually 810 U.S. million U.S. dollars less than they actually than, than actually was thought. So they had to reassess this because of the current market outlook and assumptions, which they use to calculate the vessels, the the value of these ships. And the, and uh, these assumptions that ProSafe actually adopted are significantly different from Flotel's assumptions, um, which, where Flotel actually uh, recognized an impairment of about 30 million U.S. dollars. So Capital Corporation actually took a look at this and said, you know what, maybe we need to review or conduct another independent review of Flotel's business plan, which could also mean an updating and a revision of the assumptions based on how much their vessels actually cost. So. Because of, because of this, they will have to go back to the drawing board. I think the big concern now is, will these uh, revisions actually result in Flotel's uh, vessel uh, fleet, at least, the value of their fleet actually being revised downwards using ProSafe assumptions? Because ProSafe assumptions could be setting a new market, uh, a, a new market standard with regards to how you're supposed to value these. As we know, a lot of this will be contingent also on the value of oil, the, uh, the, 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 the value of commodity prices, which will impact the demand of oil, and also the, the value of some of these uh, exploration services and that these uh, semi-submersible vessels actually provide, provide, uh, uh, pro- provide service towards, right? So, um, uh, you know, we're seeing right now Keppel Corporation, I just want to check on their, um, th- their share price today. Well, they're actually up by about 2% regardless, uh, despite some of these uh, assessment reviews, but we'll have to wait for the for, for the completion of this independent uh, independent assessment and see if this actually impacts or significantly impacts the value of Flotel's um, fleet. Okay, before I let you go, give us an update. You started with giving us some of the big gainers for the day, including DBS. How are they doing now, 15 minutes DBS, later? So, so 15 minutes later, and uh, just taking a quick look at some of these big gainers so far today, DBS shares up by about 1.8%. Got uh, Singtel up by 2% so far today. UOB and OCBC also seeing gains of more than 2%. But I do want to revisit some of these uh, companies that were impacted by the reshuffle in the MSCI Singapore uh, index. As we know, last Friday, we saw the addition of Maple Tree Logistics Trust, but four STI members removed from the MSCI Singapore index, the likes of SAS, Comfort Delgro, Semcorp Industries and SPH also, which unfortunately we saw SPH actually fall to uh, fall again to their, one of their lowest levels in, in decades. But the good news right now is that most of these companies that were impacted by this reshuffle, course, uh, well, they're doing quite well. Singapore Press Holdings, the parent company of the station, seeing their shares jump by 3.9% so far today. Um, SAS also trading a, a little bit more sheepish, but they're up by about 0.7%. Again, for SAS after Friday's collapse is better than nothing so far. Um, Semcorp Industries also trading up by about 4.4%. And the only one that continues to lose ground today is Comfort Delgo, which is down by 1.4%. And Maple Tree Logistics Trust, still in the green so far today, up by 1%. So overall, most stocks, even those that were impacted by that reshuffle on Friday, are looking uh, good in today's session. And I think a, a lot of this also goes back to the, the hopes that the phase one easing of some of these uh, circuit breaker measures here will actually lead to some much needed economic uh, revival in economic activity. And also these hopes that maybe before, the, soon, before even the end of the month, we might see even more businesses here reopen. And that's the only thing that many employees many business owners and many economic officials here can really hope for. Fingers crossed, though, that this will all depend 
on on the trend of uh, of COVID nineteen infections here in Singapore, and if it continues to go down, and we can only hope and pray. All right, and with that. You've been listening to JP Ong. He is back for another Market View update on Primetime. I'm Clarissa Montero. This is Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.